Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What is good, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. I'm your host, Tony FOK. If you don't know by now, you should get to know. As I fix up my camera and um, make sure I look decent so you guys can watch me talk about football. How are you guys? Hope you're all well. But let's get straight into this. Now, Man City, dominate Chelsea and make a statement. What a statement win for Pep Guardiola and Man City at Stamford Bridge. Gabby Jesus got the only goal and the winner. And you know what? We even said this last week. We've been saying it at the start of the season, and they are Champions League uh, winners. But Chelsea were... You know what? Chelsea were running around at their park. They were running around saying, yeah, we got two, we got Guardiola's number. We've beaten him three times. I was telling Chelsea fans, beating Guardiola three times in the season is nothing special. I've seen Ole Gunnar Solskjaer do it. So it... Obviously, they beat them in um, the sem- FA Cup semi-final and the Champions League final, bigger stakes, but still. Pep Guardiola came back and said, hold on, you guys need to recognise who I am. I've won three Premier Leagues in four seasons and boom, got the win. And it's kind of given Chelsea a reality check, right? But looking at, watching the game, I'm looking at it, Chelsea were quite poor. Um, another game that, uh, another big game that Romelu Lukaku doesn't score in. Um, you know, I've been I've been saying this on weeks and previous episodes, but you know, big game rom. Chelsea fans will still learn about big game rom, and I will tell them that. But anyway, I digress. A very good win for Man City. They came to Stamford Bridge. They had a game plan, and they were a the better team. Chelsea were had like nine men behind the ball, playing um, two good ball as you will. Chelsea were trying to make it difficult for them, and at the end of the day, City still got the win. So it just blows the race wide open because everyone, even me myself, was saying, "Oh, you know what? How can I see City winning this without a striker?" But if you can go to the European champions home and beat them one 0 comfortably shows that maybe you just don't need a striker or maybe Gabby Jesus is that guy. I don't even believe that 
City fans think Gabby Jesus is that guy, but they got the job done. So big up Man City. And Chelsea fans needed that um, humbling, in my opinion. As I said, they were, they were running around like their part. Tuchel was getting, well, best coach and stuff like that. And Chelsea, the best team in the world. But it's good because no shots on target. That's not good, man. That's not good enough. I don't care who you're playing. If you're playing Man City, you've got to get a shot on target. I know they got um, a goal disallowed, but it was offside. So it's what it is. But Chelsea didn't create enough. They were quite stale. Kante had a shocker. And it is what it is with Chelsea. I feel like they use this as a reality check. Let's see how they bounce back. But let's get on to the other side of Manchester. My side of Manchester, the red side. And um, another poor performance. I know everyone's screaming Oli out and he's the scapegoat. But I look at this team. This is my own personal opinion and everyone is entitled to their own opinion, of course. But I look at this team and and I'm thinking to myself... If we get another manager in right now, like, does it make a massive difference? And I, I, I don't even know because yesterday, I don't even think yesterday was a ta- We can get into the nitty gritties of the tactics and whatever, but I feel like the players just didn't turn up yesterday. People were poor. Maguire was poor before he got injured off. Shaw was poor, unfortunately. There was a time where Matty Cash just ran in behind him and if Target just literally put his foot there, he, he skied it over, thank God, but... Could have scored and Aston, you know what? I can get on to Man United, but I think credit to Aston Villa. The game of a game plan, they pressed us and they played very well. Their fullbacks got high. And if anyone's watched Man United over the past couple of years, is the way to beat them is play five at the back and stretch that field out because they all go off to one side. Like, look at it if anyone remembers the Leipzig game and the ways we conceded our goals through Leipzig games with their wing backs. Like, Man United's biggest. I mean, I'm giving away our secret, but I feel like people know this by now. Man United's biggest um, weakness is wing backs because we play that back four and it shifts to one side. If you can, if you're good enough to switch the ball from wing back to wing back, then you're going to cause problems for Man United, and especially with a massive pitch like Old Trafford. It's just a recipe for disaster. Um, I can talk about the offside. At the end of the day, Aston Villa's goal was offside. Whether I like it or not, it is what it is. We literally saw. Um, Harvey Barnes twice last week against Bryson uh, get called offside and he wasn't even touching the keeper and then literally seconds before it was kicked Lee Watkins is on the keeper so if we're gonna like if we're if we're gonna be strict on one and not strict on the other it doesn't make sense I feel like we need consistency with VAR and stuff like that but take nothing away from Aston Villa I feel like they deserve to win the game anyway Bruno missed a penalty which is a rare thing and now Ronaldo's gonna probably be on penalties but um I look at this United team and there's just no there's just no one controlling that midfield. And I don't get how you can be a team like Manchester United and not control that midfield, especially at your home home ground. United's last eight Premier League away wins. All, all our Premier League away wins have been at home. So clearly, we just can't control the game at home. People don't come to Old Trafford and pray for a draw anymore. And it's quite sad. And, and I've said it, if we want to get down to the tactics, Pogba on the wing, wing bar, uh, that's, I know he got seven assists in four games and yes, Pogba does need to play higher in the pitch, but I don't think wing bar is the answer, especially when Rashford is going to come back and probably solidify his place on that left wing. Where does that leave Pogba? Pogba needs to play in the midfield. We just need a defensive midfielder. Like as much as we signed Ronaldo, we signed Sancho, we signed Varane, our, and I've been screaming this for years and someone can quote me on how long I've been trying to get that McFred pivot out of my team for years is that United need a defensive midfielder. You need that someone that's controlled a game, that can pick the ball off the back four and just calm the game down, dictate play. 
until we have that, do not expect anything from Man United. I keep saying this, and I know that we've signed Ronaldo and we've done and Sancho and all these big signings, but it hasn't solved our biggest problem, which is that midfield, because McTominay and Fred are just not good enough, unfortunately. So it is what it is. Until we sign a defensive midfielder, I'm not expecting anything from Man United. Once we decide that mid, once we sign that defensive midfielder, and, and if it's still like this, then by all means, Oli can go and, and whatever. But I just feel like this is it's they're just gonna be so boring, not boring to watch because it's gonna be end-to-end stuff. But as a fan, sometimes you don't want end-to-end stuff. Sometimes you just want I just want my team to dare I say it, play like City and just dominate a game and just have a lot of possession of ball and create chances. Like, is that so much to ask? But until we do that, until we sign that defensive midfielder that can just hold the ball and just play those play the ball. You know, the ones that just get touches on the game is just constantly on the ball like like a pillow. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying we need to sign that specific mould by Apilo, but just that type of midfielder that, because unfortunately, Freddie McTominay, they shy away from the ball. And why, why would you want that from your midfielder? I want that person, that defensive midfielder we need to sign to be literally right in front of the centre-backs and asking for the ball in every situation. Kind of like a Sandro Tonali type for anyone that has watched Sassuolo or now Juventus. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about Man United because this isn't the Man United show. Credit to Aston Villa. They won 1-0. We go into the Champions League next week uh, against Villarreal, so we shall see. We shall see what's going on. But also in the Prem, United drop points, City gain points, Chelsea drop points, Liverpool drop points as well. And what a game this was. They went away to the Brentford Community Stadium and um, found themselves 1-0 down, 2-1 up, 3-2 up, and then conceded 3-2. Now, um, I don't want to touch too much on the Liverpool thing, but I feel like we should because Brentford are a good side, right? Brentford are a very good side right now for someone that's just been promoted from the Premier League. And it looks like they're going to be in the Premier League for next year, at least. I'm not going to predict any too much into the future. But Ivan Tony looked like a problem for Van Dijk. Uh, for the last goal, you can kind of blame on Trent. It was poor defending from Liverpool. And this makes you feel like, you know what, as good as Liverpool are, as good as Liverpool can score goals, Liverpool can get got at. And if they can get got at by Brentford... Imagine when they come up against the big teams. Now, I know Chelsea looked pretty decent in the first half. Before the before the red card, they looked very decent against Liverpool. So, who knows? Who knows? Can Liverpool get got out? Who can, who's this team? Now, we've seen that everyone, well, it is the Premier League. Anyone can hold it, right? We've seen everyone lose so far except for Liverpool. Liverpool still didn't lose, right? They didn't lose. So, I'm not going to get too much into it. But to concede a late equaliser, especially when they could have gone three points ahead and had only one point ahead, it's not the greatest scenario for Liverpool, but they're still top of the table, so you really can't complain. And at the end of the day, Liverpool can get got at. If Brentford can do it, I feel like other teams are going to look at that. Um, not, not taking anything away from Brentford, but if Brentford can do it, a lot of other teams can, in my opinion. So we'll see. We'll see if Liverpool fix up that defence. I know um, they're playing Van Dijk and Trent and all of that, but they still seem to get got out. Why don't we move? Let's go on to the blue side of Merseyside. The blue side of Merseyside, that sounds cool. Where Andros Townsend and co once again. And you know what? Shout out Andros. He's having a very good season. Rafa Benitez, he did... Um, you know what? It is weird. He said this on Talk Sport where I work and he did say this to me as well. He's like, playing for a manager that likes you, that's the reason he went to... Everton because he knew Benitez on the job and Benitez, he was under Benitez at Newcastle for a time and he got on well with Benitez and there's nothing like playing for a manager you like. If you play for a manager you like, play for a manager that trusts you, that understands you, you'll they'll get the best out of the players. So 
it's nice to see Andros getting goals. Ducure is looking decent and Everton are looking decent. What I'm looking at right now, I know they've had a good start. It's just, can they keep fit? But the reason I feel like they can keep fit is because they actually have a squad. Last season, Everton had that really good um, start where they got four wins and four and Calvert-Lewin was getting all these um, far-fetched shouts. But now I'm looking at it. They've signed Gray, they signed Townsend. Obviously, James Rodriguez has gone. But they've signed more people. They've got a bit of a squad now. So let's see how well Everton do. Right now, out of the top six, I feel like they could maybe creep into the top six. That's probably their aim. But as I said, it's way too early in the league to predict stuff right now. So let's just... Let's just give him their flowers and keep it moving, shall we? Uh, West Ham bounced back against Leeds United. Antonio continues his Antonio continues his fine form by getting a 90th minute winner. Um, yeah, top of the Premier League. Top of the top of the Premier League, not top of the Premier League table. Top goal scorer in the Premier League right now, Mikel Antonio. Who whoever would have thought that? But big ups to Mikel Antonio. West Ham they played good football. Trust me, from the United standpoint, I can tell you firsthand that West Ham played good football. So, um, good for them. A nice win at Ellen Road as well. But one thing I've got to say about Leeds, Leeds haven't won yet. And I know last season they were the team, they were they were what Brentford are doing now, This the team that got promoted and thinking, right, these guys played good football. They're going toe-to-toe with everyone. But how long is that system sustainable? They haven't won yet. I don't want to start praising Bielsa because I did say as much as it's fun to watch, like, and Bielsa's a good manager and they went toe-to-toe with some teams, they can get pammed quite easily and they can lose quite easily. We saw that in the first game of the season with United. If you're going to go toe-to-toe with United and not have a game plan, if they have better players, they you're going to lose. So I'm not sure how good that tactic is because as much as Leeds are a decent team, but I can name you a lot of clubs that have better players than Leeds right now. And if you're going to go toe-to-toe with them, you need to either do it constantly and try and get a result, or it's just not going to be sustainable. Now, I'm not going to say Leeds are going to get relegated because I don't think they are. But if they want to improve, they, they can't just keep going toe-to-toe with teams, with, with bit bigger and better teams because they're not going to gain any points. They'll gain points against the little teams and maybe they might gain the occasional draw here or there against the top six side and have a good outing. But I don't think this system is sustainable for Marcelo Bielsa and his lead side. They, they still haven't won yet this season, which is quite surprising. Everyone would have said, oh, they would have been a top 10 team or top 10 or 12 around them sides. But we'll see. Still early days. We're only four or five, five games in now. So we've got time. Leicester continued there in a different form, in a sense. Um, it's a weird one with Leicester because I watched their game against Napoli and I was thinking, okay, they started off really well, but then you could see like Napoli were the better team and so much so Victor Oshimen got the equaliser and it was justified. And then obviously they lost to Brighton, which was unlucky to be fair, in my opinion. I feel like that loss was very unlucky to Brighton. It was very unlucky to get those two disallowed goals. That's a bit ridiculous, but it is what it is. And looking at this game, you're thinking, okay, home to Burnley, who haven't won yet. This is this is surely three points for us. But right now they drew. And um it's a weird one because Leicester are a good side. They're obviously they're FA Cup champions, the community shield, and then Europa League right now. And they've added a bit to their squad. So I'm thinking, okay, Leicester, this is a game Leicester should be winning. I'm not saying it's going into panic mode yet, but if Leicester want to 
reach the aspirations that they want, especially this season. They need to be winning these games. These are these should be easy wins for Leicester. And dropping points to Burnley at home is that could haunt them in in the latter stages of uh, this season. So they really need to be careful with that. I'm not saying is we're in panic mode now, and I'm not saying Brendan Rodgers out. So that's ridiculous. But they need to make sure if they want to be in the top four, or be the top six, or anything around them sides. These games at Burnley at home, you must be winning. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see with Leicester. Uh, Ismaili Assar continues his fine form. We already knew about him when he first came onto the scene in the Premier League two seasons ago, and then he had and he was decent in the Championship once again. And now Watford look um, pretty decent. I know they got a draw against Newcastle, but they beat Norwich uh, last week, three-one away from home. So, listen, is Watford stay up? Ismaili Assar stays, but don't be surprised if you see him going to a big club anytime soon, or not even a big club, but a bigger and better club, because we can clearly see there's talent there. I know if all my football manager guys or all my FIFA career mode guys know about Ismaili Assar before he went to Watford, so you know that he is a good player. And I like Watford, you know, they've got a couple of Nigerians with uh, Dennis and Etobo, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy happy that they got a decent, decent uh, result against Newcastle. Again, Newcastle, that maybe should have been a game they should have seen themselves winning, but Steve Bruce era, Steve Bruce era, and uh, things are not going right for Newcastle at the moment. They're not a bad side. They do have a couple of injuries, so I feel like a fully fit Newcastle, they should be fine. Um, the North London derby happened today, 4.30 kickoff, and Arsenal were the eventual winners, winning 3-1. Now, that's the most Arsenal scored this season in the Premier League. They doubled their tally. Well, their tally was two, but so they, they doubled it at first and then made it three. And watching the game and watching the goals, the second goal was a really good counter-attacking goal. Tottenham tried to press and um, Arsenal just went through the press and a nice little tidy finish by Bamiyang. And uh, Emil Smith-Rowe got on the score sheet and so did Saka. So right now, it's looking obviously a big win for Arsenal because way before this, before they won at Burnley, People were calling for Arteta's head. I'm not saying Arteta should be let off the hook just yet, but right now, enjoy the derby win. There's nothing like it, especially as a fan. And right now, things are looking up for Arsenal. They looked pretty decent against a, sorry, a bang average Tottenham side, if I do say so myself. So we'll see. We'll see how Arsenal go over the rest of the season. But speaking of Tottenham, I think right now Tottenham are dusted. And it's unfortunate because Harry Kane doesn't want to be there. Like I'm not sure if any basketball fans out there, um, or if you're if you've got YouTube or if you well, you should be watching this on YouTube, but go on another tab when this video is finished and go uh, watch Magic Johnson say I'm not gonna be here, and that is what Harry Kane should have done because I know he wants. We all know he wanted to leave. He didn't come to work because he didn't want to be there. He tried to pull up Ben Simmons, but you see what Ben Simmons is doing right now. He's doing it properly because he said I'm not coming. I'm not even coming to chat to you guys. I do not want to be here. And I'm sorry, Harry Kane doesn't look good right now. We can't say he's we can't say he's he's out of form with Tottenham. And I don't want to say he's um because with England he, he looked fine. He looked fine. He was scoring for he hasn't scored for Tottenham in the league this season. He's he, he scored for England. He looked fine during the Euros. Like Harry Kane just doesn't want to be there. And it's unfortunate because not only are you're hurting your career and lowering down your stock, which I guess is happy because the lower his stock, the easier more clubs can try and get him. But it's hurtful for the Tottenham fans. And this could end sour 
I'm not saying his legacy is going to get ruined because I feel like he's one of Tottenham's greatest ever players, but it's ruining the stock right now. I feel like some of the fans can tell that he doesn't want to be there. And it's just not good. If you don't want to be there, then you don't. we don't want you to play for our club. It's a that situation. So whether he goes in January, I know, I'm not sure if City have got the piece to do it or City will do it, but we'll have to wait and see until January. But right now, it just looks like Harry Kane doesn't want to be there. And Nuno can tell, everyone can tell. And they just don't look good right now. Tottenham look like they have no identity. They didn't play that well. Son's back. Son's got on the score sheet. Um, got the little consolation goal for Spurs. But it just looks bad right now for Spurs. And if they want to be reaching that top six or trying to get back into that top six, they need to do better. And they need to either, one, sort out this Harry Kane situation. Because if you're going to play him, you're going to have to play him as a striker. He's like, he wants to drop deep like he's like he's 2014 Rooney. And it's, 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 not, it's just not working right now. He's in other people's spaces where, and I know the thing is, this is Tottenham's issue. Tottenham don't have that creative midfielder in a sense. So he's trying to go down the pitch and create and score. And sometimes, like, listen, if he goes to a bigger club, there's no way on God's green earth he's going to be doing that. Do you think um, Harry Kane could go to City and be in um, Gundogan's or Kevin De Bruyne's space? They'll look at him and be like, nah, bro, we don't do that here. You, you do your striking duties and I will find you. And it's unfortunate for both parties because Spurs are reeling from this now and Harry Kane just looks like he doesn't want to be there. So we hope this situation gets revolved because we're kind of tired of talking about it. And it's just, it's just sad to see for Tottenham fans because I don't want it to end sour, especially like there's nothing like a player a player that you love and it ends sour. I don't think it will, but it's not looking good right now. But last but not least, I feel like we never really talk about the relegation sides. I feel like we should quickly touch on Norwich. And I said they um, they lost to Watford last week and they lost again. And now, now straight, six straight losses. Um, and with Norwich is a weird one because do you remember when Norwich came back two seasons ago and they beat City 4-3 and it was a pookie party and everyone had pookie in their fantasy and we're like, yeah, Norwich, Norwich played good football. They're going toe-to-toe with teams. It's not the way forward. If you don't have the players to do it, do not play that way because it's not sustainable. Now, this is the thing. And I want to, and I would love to speak to a Norwich fan and literally ask their opinion about this because they're a yo-yo club. They're going to get relegated this season and they're going to go straight back up because they're too good for the championship. They're going to body the championship next season. So they're too good for it. But where, like, what's the fun in just going up and down, up and down, up and down? Do you not want to stay in the Premier League? Now, I kind of have to blame Daniel Farker in a sense because... You, you've you've been at the side for more than five years now. You know how to pre- you have Premier League experience. If I was a manager, I would look. I'd be like, okay, we tried to play good football two seasons ago. It worked. We got them good results. Beating City at Carrow Road, yeah, loved it. But it's not sustainable. We got relegated at the end of the day, so we need to switch up the way we play. Now, look at Burnley for example. Norwich played better football than Burnley. But one has been in the Premier League for six years and Burn and Norwich keep going up and down. And right now, right now, I know which one I'd rather be. It's Burnley. Norwich's football looks better on the eye, but it's not sustainable. And Norwich needs to play that sustainable football to play in the Premier League. And I have to blame the manager because can't you not learn from your mistakes? Now, I'm not saying you have to play as rigid as Burnley. I know that's Burnley's way of doing it and Burnley, and we don't, 
even though Burnley haven't won yet, no one thinks Burnley are going to get relegated because we know they'll pick up their results. We know what Sean Dyche is capable of with that Burnley side, so they will be fine. But with this Norwich side, it's I know it's only six games in, but they're they're down. And it's fine. It's fine that they're going to be down because they're going to be back up the next season because they're too good. The football, the football they play and they like to play, it's very good for the championship because you're better than everyone else here. But unfortunately, in the Premier League, you don't have the P's, you don't have you're not a big club. So if you're going to play that type of football, you're going to get battered. And you don't have good players like that, especially in this level. So why don't they just switch up the way they play, try and just grind out results and try and stay in the league for once? Now, I know, listen, I know Daniel Farker's probably doing that, but the way they play football, I'm sorry, it's not sustainable in the Premier League. And to be a yo-yo club constantly, like, is it not boring as a fan? Like, I would, uh, I've, I've never had to experience my team get relegated, but I wouldn't like to get relegated and then win the championship and then get relegated again and then win the championship. Like, if that, like it, it, it'll get boring after a while. It's just a never-ending cycle. So we'll see with Norwich. I don't, like, that is one team I can... I know it's only six games in and we've got 32 left, but I can put my hat down and say, you know what? These men are getting relegated because they're just happy to be here and they're just going to get their Premier League money and go down and come back up again. So that is one team I can say that is definitely going going down and they need to switch it up for the good of the club, for the good of everyone. Are we not all tired of just Norwich coming up and down? Like <laughs> even in the notes where um, Sam is the co-founder of Unvaluated Media. He even put Norwich should be banned from the Prem. And I agree, man. Like, there's no need to be here if you're going to be doing that nonsense. Just learn how to grind out results. I know you want to play this good style of football. And yes, if you grind out results and have a plan, maybe you can do it in the Premier League. But right now, you are not getting results. You need to switch up the way you play. Even if it's sitting behind the back and getting on the counter, I know it's boring and I know it's not ideal but you need to find a way to get results because this is not working. And I don't know how they can't see that by now. I remember BT Sport and Joe Cole going in depth of how well these lot play and what these lot doing and their whole philosophy of they buy these certain players because they want to play this type of football. It's all good in the championship and that's why you win the championship and that's why you get promoted because it's good and it works. But once you get to the Premier League, you're playing with the big boys and that team is not going to run. So they need to stop it. They need to sort it out. This is just my opinion, of course, and I'd love to speak to a Norwich fan and see if they agree. But it's, it's, it's boring because we know you're going to get relegated and then you're going to come back up the same season. And then next year on the Unlighted Football Show, I probably might be saying this. So it's, it's, it's annoying, but I don't support them. I don't really care. But as a Premier League fan and, what, and a fan of the Premier League, I feel like they should sort it out. But that is all we've got time for in the Unlighted Football Show. Next week, we're going to talk about some Champions League football because there's some juicy games coming up. PSG versus City. Messi, Neymar and Baps, they're not looking too well right now, but we'll see if what they can do at City. And United have Villarreal, I think. Yeah, we do have Villarreal, you know, a replay of the Europa League final. So let's see if they get revenge and try to bounce back a result. But thank you for watching another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. You can subscribe to Undiluted Football Media on YouTube. You can also follow Undiluted Media on Twitter at Undiluted Media 1. And on Instagram at Undiluted Media. I've been your host, Tony Afoke. That's my at there if you want to follow me. If you have any questions or if you're a Norwich fan and you want to tell me otherwise, please let me know. But until next time, people.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.